I'm getting too big for bounce houses. Uh, it's not a fun thing to admit. And it's not like, you know, I'm not popping them. Uh, but just the way they work, they kind of have... So we're going to have a lot of, like, really fun bounce houses here. This Wednesday, there's going to be hamburgers and hot dogs. There's going to be um, kids going up and down them. And if you don't typically come on a Wednesday night, um, this is the Wednesday night to bring your kids. It's the Wednesday night that we were uh, getting excited for uh, the for some for school to start, which is you know always a blast. Um, and I, I never, growing up, I never thought, oh great, school starting. Um, but as an adult, it's best. <laughs> Not because I love I love my kids being home for summer. That's amazing. It's just the amoeba of an itinerary that is the summer, where there's no like, what do we do next? I have no idea. I don't know what's coming. In. You know, Sunday when you go into school, it's just regular, and we're 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 as parents celebrating a schedule again by bounce house. That's just what we're doing on Wednesday. So bring your kids to that. But I last several times I've climbed one. Um, although the, not counting this last time, we had bounces out here for VBS, and uh, I was Rachel said, "Let's go on," and I, I said, "Okay." And so I was like a good Church of Christ rule follower, taking my shoes off, and she just jumped up there with her shoes on and beat me. So I did that too, and that's actually better for me because I hurt my toes on bounce houses. Last like eight times I've been on a bounce house. Um, in the last three weeks, I've been, I've slipped and hurt something, and I'm like, you're, you don't realize this when you're a kid, but your toes matter. They keep you from leaning too far forward and whatnot. So, if you are an adult and you want to try to uh, do the bounce house, sure, but bring your kids, um, that'll be a, a good time. Um, that has nothing to do with my sermon. I was told to announce it three minutes before I got up here. Couldn't figure out how to work it in. All right. So, uh, but bring your kids. That'd be fantastic. It'd be really fun. That would be hamburgers, hot dogs, bounce houses, uh, fun times. Kids screaming, kids getting hurt, adults hurting their toes. It'd be fantastic. Um, I have a. I I I enjoy thrill rides. Like I have, um, I like I like roller coasters. I like interesting roller coasters. This one does this neat thing. Um, but I have my lines and I have my limits. My line is I don't spin. Like I can ride on the fastest roller coaster, the highest roller coaster. Um, uh, you know, if it goes under water, I'm good. I hold my breath for a couple seconds. But if it spins. I'm done for like the Like the teacups at Disney, ain't doing those. Those are horrific. Because I have, um, I'm not going to name who it is, but I have a child who likes to spin that thing like a tornado. And I can't, I'm just, the, the rest of the day, you're just kind of taking it easy. Couldn't pass any tests if a policeman pulled you over. And I 
have my limits. Rachel wants to go skydiving. Alone, apparently, because I ain't doing it. <laughs> my love for her is, is big. Not that big. <laughs> Not going to put skydiving with her. <clears throat> One of us is going to have to take care of the kids. <laughs> so I, I have a line that I won't cross. And a lot of us have, like, in, just in, in general, like, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not... I'm not going that far. I'm not doing that thing. I wouldn't say such a thing. And we phrase that about them. We say that about a morality a lot, don't, don't we? Someone else will do something? Oh, I would never do that. What's even more dangerous is when you see someone like that. Never do that. So, kids, kids are capable of everything. Um, we all have these lines that we won't cross. Whether it's, you know, an amusement park, or whether it's a, a moral thing, an ethical thing, a spiritual thing. I, just, I, I will never believe, or never, I've had people tell me I'll never believe that God is good. And they're just, that right there, that, at that moment in their life, that's just not a line they're willing to cross. Now, when it comes to following Jesus, Jesus is going to take you places that you thought you would never go. And if you're truly going to follow Jesus, then there's a good chance you're going to cross your lines. Maybe you didn't know they existed. Maybe you didn't know that wall, that border, that was not something that you were, um, you didn't even know that you had it. But then Jesus leads you up to it and walks you across it and you, you stop for a second and go, this isn't what I thought this was going to be. And at that moment, you have to ask yourself, WWJD, what would you do? Because Judas, we all know, betrayed Jesus. That he turned Jesus over to those who were um, wanting to crucify, those who wanted to get rid of Jesus. In Matthew 26, and this isn't all recorded in all four Gospels, but we're going to pick Matthew today. Matthew 26 says, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? Okay, hold up. I got caught. Then, like, it, this is the second part of the story, isn't it? We have, a, we have a first. So let's jump back just for six. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head, and he was reclining as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price, and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. 
The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then, one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, listen, listen to what he phrased. What are you willing to give me? If I deliver them over to you. For some, and I think this is the case for Judas, speaking of roller coasters, did we have one come back? <laughs> uh, for some, and this is the case for Judas, I will follow Jesus as long as I don't have to relinquish my power and my wealth. I will follow Jesus as long as I don't have to give up what I can We all know, obviously, like when, we're just, when the preachers like to hear say it like that, and that's just an awful thing to think, right? But how many have claimed power over Christ? How many have claimed wealth over Jesus? The answer's a lot. Not just, not just Judas, but a lot throughout history. I'm not willing to go to the cross with Jesus. I'm just willing to go as far as it gets me and as far as I'm comfortable, frankly. As long as I don't have to let go of the things that Jesus called me to. You know, we have stories of Peter. We have stories of James and John and Andrew letting go of their nets. We don't, hear, we don't have a single story about Judas letting go of anything. Leaving anything. And if you don't, at some point in your life, it, as you follow Jesus, designate, this is the thing I've got to leave. I gotta let it go. I gotta quit wanting people to um, to think highly of me. I gotta quit wanting people to think to to, to, to give me money. I gotta quit wanting people to this or that or or, or put me in charge. I gotta quit. I gotta let go of something to follow Jesus. And if you haven't let go of something to follow Jesus, I don't know if you remember, that's where we started with. If you haven't let go of something to follow Jesus, when Jesus crosses a particular line for you, you're going to give up on Him. What is it that you fall back on when Jesus has gone too far from you? Is it your, your wealth? Is it power? Is it control? What is it? The problem is, a lot of times we have a hard time seeing it because the thing we fall back on, we typically often join so closely with God that we can call it a God and not feel bad. 
And it may be a sin for you. One of those, it may be something that you always return to, you can't repent of, you just never have done it. And so you go back. When you're stressed, when Jesus is asking too much of you, you go back. They counted out to be 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after another, Surely you don't mean me. This is not an anxious moment for Jesus. Reclining at the table, eating. One of you will betray me. This is something very true. One of you will betray me. Now that the anxiety in the room gets high because of the disciples, and they go around, no, not me, right? No, surely you don't mean me. And Jesus said, the one who's dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. He said, that's not going to gonna happen because God wants it to happen. The Son of Man's going to go just as it's written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he hadn't been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, you have said so. Did you hear it? Every one of them said, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And then Judas, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus just wasn't Lord for him yet. Jesus just wasn't someone who was going to rule everything about him. That, that he, he gave Jesus over because Jesus didn't handle money the way he wanted to. Because Jesus didn't treat the woman the way he wanted him to. Now, all of the disciples were, were, were baffled by that and thrown off by that. But, Jesus, but Judas was the one who wasn't willing to say, Alright, I'm confused, but you're still Lord. You're still the King. You're still the Messiah. And here comes Judas whimpering in. Surely it's not me, Rabbi. Teacher. For 11 men in that room, Jesus was Lord. But for one of them, he was just a pretty good teacher. And sometimes where we, where we get in trouble is we think Jesus has taught us things that Jesus has said, all right, we'll do this and do this and do this and we'll, we'll take them. We'll take all those commandments and we'll pick up the ones typically we're pretty good at and we'll go, pretty good at this one. They're not good at this one and we'll throw those commandments at other And Jesus has given us a collection of things to do. And so when Jesus says uh, that, that you're, you're not, you're supposed to forgive other people, we'll pick that up sometimes and we'll say, yeah, I'm pretty good at forgiving other people. You need to forgive other people. We'll pick up one that says, uh, turn the other cheek, and we'll just put that one down. 
You know, that's kind of a suggestion. When you fast, not for me. When you pray, okay, I can, I can. But Jesus did not. Jesus did not scatter a bunch of commands on the ground for us to hear and and do pretty good at. Jesus is King, and He called us to follow Him and look like Him and treat like treat other people like He treated us. We're we're not in this just to pick and choose commandments. And the, the lesson here is not to go, well, you got to pick all the commandments. That's kind of not even the point. The point is that where Jesus goes, will you follow? And that if, if Jesus to you has just been dissected into the commandments of Jesus, and then the, the New Testament is your king. Instead of Jesus being your king, you, there will be times Jesus is going to a place where you're not willing to go. And you're even not willing to ask, well, how much is it going to gain me? How much will it cost me? And it's worth the price. <clears throat> We have um, we have a young lady. Audrey's getting given her life to Jesus this morning. Audrey Tercero is um, being baptized this morning. And when he, her and I talked about it, I I didn't ask her once what her favorite rule in the Bible is. I just told her, when you do this, you're giving, you're, you're saying that Jesus is going to rule my life for the rest of my life. Are you ready for that? She said. And some of some of us are struggling. That's okay. Maybe you're not to life yet. Maybe you're too weak. Maybe you come here to just say, all right, I'm recommitting myself every time I meet with my church family to, to follow Jesus wherever Jesus goes. For Jesus to be a Lord, not just a rabbi. For Jesus to be a king and not just a teacher. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of denial of self. Like your instincts aren't great. That's why it's never a good idea to just think you're right because you thought the thought. Your instincts aren't Jesus' instincts. So as you read the, 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 you read the text and you see how Jesus... Jesus treats other people and as you, as you live, the Spirit lives in you and you see how, what the Spirit calls you to do. You've got to decide whether you're following the King or taking the advice of the teacher. And that, that's, a, that's a decision that not just Audrey's making today. Audrey's making it this Because Audrey's been, Audrey's grown up Christian. She's grown up 
like you share, you love, you forgive, you be kind. Like, like all the things Jesus said do. Jesus, you know, she do it. I, we, I, were bat, I baptized, I, probably the youngest kid I've ever baptized was eight or nine. Um, and I had a, a lady come up to me before we announced the baptism. The kid was going back to get baptized, or going back to get changed. And, and I had to go put on my waders. We had, I had to get in the baptistry with them at, uh, and when we were in tea. And uh, the waders had a hole um, that was unfortunate. We'll just stop there. And... They, uh, so I had to go get on my waders and then uh, but on my way back to get my waders a woman came up and she stopped me and she said she said, I don't think that kid has enough sins that need to be forgiven so that they can get baptized and I said well I could have her go smoke a cigarette or something if you need to <laughs> What do you? But she she was missing the point. The point is not. This is like an eraser. No, when you get baptized, yes, your sins are forgiven, and your sins are forgiven for the rest of your life. Thank God. But you are also uniting with Jesus and being a part of that. Jesus is King now, not just teacher. So. If you've been treating Jesus like a teacher where you can take, you can say, oh yeah, surely it's not me, Rabbi. Surely I wouldn't betray that. We, at this point, I do think it's important to distinguish between what would Jesus do? Is he my king? What would Judas do? Is he just a pretty good teacher? With some casual advice for my particular The invitation today is not, do you want to follow the teaching of Jesus? The invitation is, do you want Jesus to rule, to be your king? Are you willing to go wherever he goes? Are you willing to follow wherever he is? If you're willing, we can baptize more than one person. Not at a time, but in, you know, in a row. We're willing to, all who are willing to serve Jesus, commit to that today, or recommit to that today. We would love to pray with you in that. Please come forward while we stand.